We received tons of questions about how to donate. But, true to our mission, we only accept equipment and supplies. If you still want to contribute, but don't have equipment, you can shop our exclusive Little Wins merchandise. Proceeds from your purchase go right back into our website, making it better for you. And you get to wear some fun Little Wins gear. Shop Little Wins directly on our website at littlewins.com. There we go. Hi, Danny. Let's do this. Let's hey, do Lex, this. how are you? Oh, I'm good. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with me today. I know it's yeah, funny. I need to interrupt you real quick. So I have a smart device on my desk here. And the second I said hello to you, that device just lit up and was like, yes, how can I help you? Oh, because I call her A-L-E-X-A, which is very similar sound to yours. Oh. So we're going to mute that device. Yes. So she's not interrupting us during our conversation. Mute her. There can only be one here. And anyway, there can only be one Lex. When you need her, she's never there. It's like you you say, hey Lex, and then it pops up. But when you really need to ask a question, she's like, not going to give you one. Answer. It's not just that one that's been triggering a lot lately. It's the SIRI as well. Because <laughs> my dog's name is Sammy. And for some reason, my watch, my phone, all like to think that that's S-I-R-I. Yeah. And so like, you know, I'll yell at my dog if she's doing something, like I need her to come in the house or whatever. And then my watch will be like, well, that's not very nice. Um, I'm like, I'm not talking to you. Anyway. I love that you spell it like you're talking, we're talking about our kids or something, you know? <laughs> spell out because like if we don't, they're listening and they will respond. So anyway, though, right? this anyway. interview is off to a great Anywho, start. I know. Home listener, I hope Ever. you're enjoying this. It's a rainy, sleepy day, and we're just here to have a conversation, folks. So it's all good. We may derail it at times. We bring it back. I'm not worried. That's life, right? That's life. Right. Danny, you are a children's book author. And you're, That's about, true. And you're about to launch your first it's crazy. Like when I hear people say it, it, it's still, I still get chills every single time. Whenever someone says you, you are a self, like you are a published author and I'm a self-published author. Like just the fact that I am a published author, I don't, I haven't really thought about defining myself in that way yet because I've been so wrapped up in the promise that I made to our daughter Emerson nearly three years ago before she was even born to, to create this series and to put something out into the world that would hopefully help contribute to a world that is more inclusive and is more loving and empathetic and educated and empowering for kids like her around the world. And I've been so wrapped up in the mission and the work that I haven't really taken a, a, the time, frankly, to like sort of step back and say, oh, I'm a published author now. Like the fact that I have a book sitting right behind me that has my name on it, it's crazy. Like I just got um, you know, I've done a lot of work in and around the Broadway community throughout my career working in, you know, television and media and um, someone that I'm connected to in that community, she's married to a Broadway actor and um, they were reading my book this morning and it was, and they tagged me in the post on Instagram and it was just, it was, it was one of those moments where I sort of like stopped in my tracks, uh, tracks and I was like, oh my gosh, there's a Broadway actor sitting there and reading words that I wrote to his child like how many people dream of having broadway actors read words that they wrote you know whatever their medium of art is and it was just sort of one of those 
crazy so, moments. Yeah. Yeah. Like that wasn't my mission, right? When I set out to write The Capables, it wasn't me seeing Broadway actors reading this book to their children. It was just like, it was a mission for my daughter first and foremost. And now to see the way that it's sort of building is, um, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words as to describe how I feel. And that's why I framed it that way. I was going to start a couple different ways because I think that your story, I mean, we could, we could talk about your story for hours. Um, yeah. I know you have limited time. So I just wanted to tell you that you are now, in case you haven't really let it sink in, <laughs> you are now a published book author. And guess who else has a copy? Boom. Oh, look at that. Hey, look, look at that. I've, I've got them everywhere. I just pulled them out of my pocket. Um, it's really hard to fit this in my pocket, but no, um, that's incredible. It's, it's wild to see, you know, I know for the podcast listener, you can't see this, but go watch the video so you can see it. But Lex is holding a, a copy of our first book, Ray's first day in, in her hands. And it's been it's wild on so many levels, Lex, like to see you in Illinois holding this book, to see people in New York and Texas and Arizona and Oregon and the UK, Canada. We just mailed out copies of our book to the Netherlands and Bahrain, Mexico. We've had people in Australia reaching out to us, Turkey. Like it, it's the wildest feeling because, you know, you think very sort of like, small, you know, in the sense that like, oh, I'll sit and read this book with my daughter. Well, it's your because mission. Because you don't. Yeah, it's your Yeah, it's my mission. mission. Yes, I understand that completely. But I don't know, yeah. or I didn't know prior to writing this book, what the faces and names of everyone else were that would want something like this and would welcome it into their home. And it's just been seeing you, you know, the photos that you shared of you reading it with, with your kids, you know, as your bedtime story uh, recently, just like, it's crazy to see this book in people's lives, yeah, you know, sure. like, and to know that like this imagery and this story is starting to go into kids' brains and these like neurological pathways are being formed about seeing different imagery than maybe they've seen in books before and, and hearing stories in different language than they've heard before in terms of disability and inclusion and diversity and empowerment. Like it just, um, again, I keep saying, and I'm a words person. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. It's at the point where it's just all feelings. And there's a great line in this musical, Dear Evan Hansen, that says words fail. And that's sort of like how I'm feeling at this point. It's like there are no words to reach the joy, the gratitude, the excitement, the everything that we're going through right now. Well, that's been one of my favorite things about you is that it's surprising to you that we would be reading this book where as i'm here to tell you my friends this is an important story and that's why i'm so grateful that you're here to talk with me today because this is also in line with my mission and it's of course my kid's favorite book right now hmm. and you would think that maybe it would just be ava's favorite book right hmm. But what people aren't thinking about is this is a children's book for everyone, for everyone. Like everyone needs to hear this story because maybe, yeah. maybe their difference isn't a limb difference. Maybe their difference isn't neurological or, you know, it isn't CP or, or any of these other, maybe our difference is, is not visible on the outside, but everybody yeah. needs this story because everybody is different. And I flagged that, that page in here. Your story is beautiful and I want everyone to read it. Adults need to hear this too. 
<laughs> this is like, this is where we're going. Yeah. I mean, part of our ob objective with the book was, you know, and you'll see it in the imagery. If anyone has a copy out there, or if you go to our website or our social media for the capables and check it out is, you know, early on, because this is a group of kids, superheroes, I wanted to pull from that comic book, graphic novel sort of format and styling because these are superheroes and they should be presented in a, in a format that superheroes are presented. And further, I just thought it was cool. Like I, I'm sure you and so many other parents out there read books and for the most part, they all look kind of similar. The artwork's kind of similar. The layout is similar. You got words on one side, pictures on the other or whatever it might be. And for me, I, I had nothing to lose, right? Because as long as I wrote and printed one book that I got to read with my daughter Emerson, then that was a win and I fulfilled my promise. So for me, it was like, I just wanted to make the book that I thought would look the coolest. And so we made this children's book that looks like a comic book. And you'll see in the way that it's illustrated by, by our incredible illustrator, Augustina Persiante, who yeah, she I got- crushed it. Like, oh my gosh. She is going to launch into all the stratospheres through this book. I just, I just made her promise that she'll at least illustrate the second book before she leaves me forever. Yeah, don't um, far ahead. I have questions about that, but look at this. Look at this. Wow. You guys, you nailed it. And what a time to be a children's book author too. I feel like groundwork has been laid in the last few years for just like, it's no longer a nursery rhyme, right? Like, you know that book, Dragons Love Tacos or something, you know, my kids love that book. It's just a little yeah. bit, it's a, not a little bit, it's a lot different from the books I grew up with. It's mm. funky and fun and, and witty. Like, so many popular children's books. Now you took that and you put it into this formatting of a comic book, which if you can see behind me, I'm a major fan. Here I am with Spider-Man. Spider-Man, it's like, a, it's a big deal. And, and then you put the most important story that I've read to my kids probably ever oh. in that format. Oh, you that, that means so much. I mean, to me, it was like one, you know, I think of all the parents who grew up like you, you know, who are fans of comic books. And I think if I can encourage one additional parent to read to their child because they pick up a book that looks different, that maybe looks similar to something that they loved as a kid or that they still love in adulthood, if they're still graphic novel fans or comic book fans, if I can encourage just one parent to read to their child a little bit more than then that's part of our, our mission as well is that, like you said, like first and foremost, this is to empower kids like my daughter, you know, whether their disability is visible or not, whether their difference is visible or not. Um, but it's, it's equally as important that we educate through this series as well and through the language we use. And that's why we formed an advisory board. The day we became fully funded on Kickstarter, I realized, oh, this is gonna be a thing. And it's not just going to be a book that I read with my daughter. Like this is going to go into hundreds, maybe thousands of homes all around the world. And this is and going schools. to. It better yeah. be schools. I bought one for my kid's school. I mean, it, this oh my is gosh. Important. It's very important for everyone to, to know stories and for even the images alone, because sometimes, you know, my kids are running around, but they want to hear a story. They want to listen to it while they're doing a puzzle or something. But yeah. when they look over and they see the image, it's just going to lay the, the groundwork, I feel like, for, for normalizing what has been not talked about and, and really kind of um, 
I want to say ignored, but I promised I'd be polite earlier. (laughs) Yeah, I I think, yeah, I think, you know, we talk about normalizing, but I think we also talk about kids with disabilities that very oftentimes have not been represented as the hero in the story, seeing themselves as the lead character, seeing themselves represented in a space where like, without them, the world of the capables doesn't exist. I think so often in books, and, and I think there is a big shift happening, which as a, as a parent, first and foremost, I am so hopeful for and encouraged by. But I think historically, when you would see a children's book or maybe an animated series, a lot of times the character with a difference or disability is the friend. You know, the story's not about them. They're the friend of the kid. And for me, it was like, no, part of normalizing things is by celebrating and by putting those individuals at the forefront and representing them as the heroes in the story. And that's, and that's something that I'm committed to, you know, with, with the capables long-term and it's not just limb difference that, that we plan to represent through our series. It's every visible and non-visible disability and difference we can possibly represent. If there's an audience to, to justify us continuing to make these books, I want to represent dyslexia and autism and cerebral palsy and, you know, low vision uh, individuals who are deaf, like whatever it may be. I, I want to, if we can, and there's an audience for it, I, I will write 50 books, you know, even if it only goes out to a hundred people's lives, like if a hundred kids can see themselves, someone who, who looks like them uh, in a book, then, then I'm all for it. Like to me, this endeavor is never. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That changes everything because it's it's that ripple that makes a wave, you know. That's when I started Little Wins. The the only thing I could focus on is if I just make a difference in one person's life. Mm -hmm. That's it. But yeah, exactly. You write fifty books. I'm here for all of them. I will make a little box set. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm ready for it. Oh my gosh, that would be incredible. It's so exciting. I mean, there is potential that it grows into being something bigger, you know, possibly an animated series, you know, like that's definitely on our big sort of dream vision board for the capables, but it's not, it's not our definition of success. And I think that's what's enabled me to enjoy this process so much and, and to feel every, to steal from your company name, Little Win along the way is that- It's called Little Wins. The the only- yeah, well, the the win is not like, oh, we become an animated series and we're in 150 countries around the world. The win is seeing my daughter's excitement when she saw Ray for the first time and saw a character that looked like her. The the win is the the family in, you know, the Midwest who reaches out to me and says, and this did happen for the record, like this mom reached out to me and she said, and I'll get choked up sharing it, but um, it's just because I care. Uh, she said, you know, my my daughter's name is Reagan and her limb difference looks very similar to your daughter's. She said her cousins call her Ray and you have no idea um, what it means to me as a mom to know that like my daughter will grow up with a book on her shelf with a character not only looks like her, but has her name. And you don't know when you're writing something like this, who the people are that it's going to connect with and what it's going to mean to them. You, you know, it means something to you and that's why you do it. And that has been the catalyst from, from day one is, is for my daughter, but now to have all these other families and now, you know, even adults who are living with disabilities, you know, specifically limb differences, reaching out and saying, gosh, I wish I had something like this when I was a kid. Um, 
you know, and that's where like Nicole Kelly, who's one of our board members has just been such a vital piece of, of what we're doing because a lot of what you read in, in the book is sourced from conversations that, that her and I had about what her experience was like as a child, what her experience has been like as an adult living with a visible disability. And cause we wanted to speak to that. We wanted to, to have real authentic dialogue represented in our story. I feel that way all the time. That's why we do these interviews. Like I want to learn from you. You need to have that authentic experience. You can't just represent or try to be a part of a community if you don't fully understand and immerse yourself in, in that experience. That's why yeah. this book is, you definitely, you definitely pinned it on that. But I- Well, I also, one thing that I will clarify is that like, I don't think, I'll ever understand. Well, no. And that's why Nicole and our board are involved in what we do because I can write the dad's perspective really well. Uh, I could potentially write an educator's perspective really well because I worked with kids a lot in my life. But to write the experience of someone who went to school for the first time in the case of Ray's story with the visible disability where people have pointed and asked questions. I don't know what that feels like. And I don't know what that empowering language sounds like, but Nicole does, Jason Schneider does, Ryan Haddad, he does. And, and because of them, I think we've been able to do something that is equal parts empowering, educational, but also entertaining um, at the same time. Without a doubt. Absolutely. I mean, to, to, to understand, how could we understand anyone else, right? That's anyone else, anyone you right. come in contact with. But I really want for our audience to understand that this book isn't just, in my eyes, in my humble opinion, it's not just for individuals who have a, a limb difference, okay? I think that, and, and putting her in the hero's role is truly where I, from, from my experience, I feel that's where she belongs. You know, it's not like you just put her in that role so that she would have a book that made her look like a hero. I mean, I'm going to derail it for a second, but when I first started Little Wins, I had a meeting in a coffee shop. This was three years ago when I was just trying to figure out everything. Mm. And it was an 8 a.m. coffee meeting in Denver. And I was just, you know, it had been a morning. I was a little disheveled. And I, I go and I'm just trying to get ready. And I'm super nervous. I've never done anything like that before. You know, I've never started a web. I didn't know anything about anything at the time. And this gentleman, just as I'm walking in, opens the door for me, like swoops in, opens the door for me. And all I really see is that he's very sharply dressed. He has like this hat. He's like... And I think to myself, man, I should have gotten myself together. Like, look at him. He looks great. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Right. And he, I said, go, please, please go ahead of me because he let me in first. And he said, no, that's all right. As he got his coffee and I'm waiting for mine, I realized he had uh, two prosthetic legs. Hmm. And I thought to myself, what a hero. So what it took for you to be at that same place, at that door, that coffee shop at the same time as me, what you did to get there and looking like, like Frank Sinatra, frankly. Right, right. Honestly. And then be such a gentleman, that's a hero. And that, like they, we need more, more representation there because it's yeah. a lot more effort. I see it with Ava every day. 
she works 10 times harder to do anything that her siblings do. And she does right. it. Yeah. But she, but she does it in her way, and that's part of her, her story. That is her story and her story alone. And I think you know, one thing we're also very aware of with, with the Capables, you know, with this first story and any other story we write after is that seeing Ray, an individual with a visible disability, doing, it's, it's normalizing just living. You know, I think so oftentimes because we live in this culture where there are such things as like inspiration porn, where it's like people with disabilities get celebrated just for living. You know, mm -hmm. I think one thing that we're adamant about within the text is not to be like, and look at this great thing that that Ray did. It's just like, no, she's just another kid, right? And she holds things in the ways that she holds things, but we don't call it out, you know, because I think one thing that is 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 very imperative and that I've learned through, you know, having dialogue with individuals within the disability community is that they don't want to be celebrated just for living their lives. Like no one comes and gives us a high five when we tie our shoe, you know, no one no. comes and gives us a high five when we ride our bike, you know? That's not at um, all what I'm saying. What I'm saying no, is right. like the special Olympics. Like I hate that so much. I, I think if you're an able-bodied human, like what is that? What is it um, neurologically typically developing and you yeah. are, non-disabled non yeah if you're participating in the olympics shouldn't we then be the special olympics can we change that title entirely because we have people who are hurtling over things overcoming and i know no one wants to be celebrated for tying their shoes but we, it has to be said that not every individual if tomorrow something happened and you didn't have what you had yesterday would mm -hmm. you be able to not only overcome that, live with it, live your best life, and furthermore, do hurdles and like run. Right. You know, yeah. that inspires me and it moves me wholeheartedly. Yeah, I think for me, you know, and I and I and the spectrum is so wide in terms of language that, you know, certain individuals in the disability community are okay with and certain aren't. And that's just, that's life, right? I think everybody has certain language that they are, are okay with and they aren't okay with. And I think that's part of why the Capables exists and, and so many organizations and other entities that are doing something similar to what we're doing is to at least open up conversation so people within the disability community can inform those who are not disabled as to what language they are okay with. And, and it just like something that someone might describe something to you that doesn't bother you, they might describe the exact same thing to me and it might bother me. You know, that's, that's just, that's how, how we are. But the only way that, that we learn is by engaging in conversation. And that's part of our mission with the Capables is to open up conversation. You said earlier that this isn't just for kids living with disabilities or, or families where disabilities intersected their lives. It's, it's equally as important and for families who haven't navigated disability because it's the reality is forever. my daughter, you know, we've had experiences where we're at the park, you know, and, and a child has run over and pointed at my daughter and said like, you know, her arm is smaller than the other. And, you know, and then I said, well, that's just the way she was born. And she goes, well, that's weird. You know, and then that opened up a bigger conversation. And I think the only reason that 
one of the reasons that that a kid might see a difference as weird is because they've just never seen it before. They've never been exposed to it before. And this is a big deal. I have two things that I, because I love where you're going with this. But but first of all, I so I've had those situations at the park with Ava, and it took me a long time to not feel like so reactive you know moms were like lions but you know you don't you don't talk about my kid okay especially right. in the park when we're trying to enjoy a nice day but you know what's wrong with her legs is she going to be okay you know what all of the comments that circle in your brain when you're going to sleep and you can't fault the kids the kids they don't know honestly children when i volunteered in my kids classrooms they don't they don't see differences yet. I mean, my kids are seven and under. I think they do begin to later on, but they just want to know, is it okay? Mm. Is she okay? That was my takeaway. But if your parent is right there and you say something that like you just said, that's weird or whatever. Hi parents, this is a good time to step in and say anything really. But what right. I've done in my daughter's classrooms always when she when we change schools or um, even just grade levels, I've written a letter to the whole, all the parents of her classroom on what is going on with Ava, what happened and how I, how I would prefer that you would, um, you know, educate your kids on this difference. And, you know, you can do whatever you want to. It's only an option. I've always had to go through the principal and all of the red tape but the letter is really consisting of, this is my daughter, Ava. She has a twin sister, Stella. They're both gonna be in your classroom. Ava has cerebral palsy. And this is what it means to her. This is what happened at her birth. And this is what she can do. And when your kids ask questions, this is how she walks. She walks with a walker. This, these are her braces. She needs them to keep her feet this way. And the more you tell your kids, and if you button it up with, it's okay. I think children really only want to know, are they all right? Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the capables, this becomes a tool that you can integrate into your home dialogue in a safe space with your kids where at age, even if, if the kids aren't understanding what the story is to see a child that looks quote unquote different at an earlier age and to hear empowering language around that. But also, as you've seen in the book, where we speak to exactly why Ray's arm looks different than the other arm. Because I think when you are very upfront with children and when you just inform them, they go, okay, great, I got it, moving on. Yeah, totally. okay. Now it's not a thing, you know, where it's like in our generation, and, and it still exists in our world is, you know, people say, well, don't point, um, don't stare, don't ask questions. You know, when you do that to a child, it's like anything else you do with a child. Like if you say, don't touch the stove, what's the first thing that, kids going to want to do. They want to touch the stove, you yeah, know? You so I think you flip the script and you say, let's have a conversation about it. And, and I know that like before Emerson was in our lives, I was an individual who didn't have a child with a disability. I was an individual where like disability wasn't a part of my everyday life. So I know what that sort of felt like as someone who wanted to have conversations and wanted to be uh, an ally for mm -hmm. that community, but also living with a certain fear of like, well, I, am I gonna say something wrong? How do I talk about this? And that's why in the book, I wanted to give two pages that really just sort of speak to 
these are Ray's fears. These are her parents' fears and why. And then here's how, here's why Ray has a limb difference. So that way it gave parents who maybe don't know how to talk about it, but want to, I gave them the language. They don't even have to think of what to say. They just have to read the book to their child and the words are all there. But then, but then you turn the page and we're moving on. Now we're just going into more of Ray's story. You know what I mean? Because that's not all that defines her as a human being. And that's not all that defines them as a family. And I deeply connect with that. And that was the second thing I wanted to say a few minutes ago on like, at, at my actual core, I had many experiences with individuals with disabilities growing up. Um, I always felt fiercely protective of them, <laughs> you know, in, mm-hmm. in elementary school, and, and but I had yeah. limited knowledge. So when, after Ava was born, when the doctors came in my room and said that, you know, she had suffered a severe brain trauma in the delivery process, I immediately was like, I need to educate myself. I need to make sure I know everything about, because they're not going to do that for me, right? I need, I need to know everything I possibly can to make sure that I get the best care for her. And then flash forward to pretty much around that coffee shop meeting that, you know, where I met the hero. I started to see what you're saying about language. I never wanted to start a company that was, um, you know, only to create um, inclusion and to provide access to equipment and things that people need. I wanted to make sure that I was using the correct language. And I sent a survey to our beta group and I said, tell me how you, like what language are you comfortable with? Because I had always heard special needs at, you know, five years ago, but I never really liked that, you know? But I kept seeing it in print, special needs, special needs. And when I surveyed over, I think it was like 300 and something, 323, I want to say, no one wanted you to say special needs. It was like 100% no. And individual with disabilities. But, you know, for anybody listening, I hope that, that everyone can understand I think I can speak for you too, Danny. Like we, we just want to do the right thing. Nothing that we would ever say is it ever meant to, we're here, we're here for inclusion and we're advocates for fairness and equality in so many different ways. But you know, if, if there's a word that you'd like me to use, I'm a girl, call me. Like, let me know if there's something you don't want me to say, I'm here for that too. I want to come to the party. Correct. Always. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we say like, we want to do the right thing, I think for me, part of that is just engaging in conversation and seeking out those opportunities to, to listen and to learn, because I don't think it's the responsibility of anybody within the disability community to be educating us um, as members of the non-disabled community. I think it's incumbent upon us to to seek out that information and to educate ourselves and, and to also understand that like, we're still not always going to get it quote unquote, right. But the only way that we continue to move the ball forward and the conversations continue to be positive and don't contribute to negative narratives is by engaging in the conversation and being okay, not always getting it right. 
because that's just life. Like how often in times do we not get it right? Every day we drop something or, you know, we trip or maybe we forget why we walked into a room. It's like, you just got to let that go and get over your ego and get over yourself. And if you are truly committed to what you say you're committed to, then be willing to get it wrong, you know, so that way you can learn and you can, you can empower somebody else to educate you. Um, and work together, you know, we need to work together a lot. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. We're all just at the end of the day, trying to get through our day, no matter right. what our mode of transportation or whatever we needed to use in effort to get through our day. I, we're all just people to, in my eyes. It's just, we're just trying to get through our day. Um, so I have a I, question for you. I've no, I have a question for, okay, fine. You go first. But then I have like, I have a lot of questions for you. So, so little wins, you know, you know, you've given me the opportunity to share, you know, what it means to me when, you know, I see somebody reading our book or they share a story with us about how it impacted them. You know, I'm curious for you, you know, as, as a parent of a child with a disability and what you guys are doing with little wins, like what is the feeling for you every time you connect somebody to a piece of equipment that they, they couldn't get access to or couldn't find or couldn't afford or whatever it might be like, what what is that what does that mean to you as 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 a human as a mom? I have to take a deep breath because honestly, this is where you're gonna see me cry. I'm gonna try to not because you're you're fine when you cry. That was very delicate. Mine's a, it's bigger than that. I honestly like you. It's been so surreal, even though it's like a couple of years later. It's surreal every single day. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that I had to help. I was so obsessed with just the idea of trying to find a way, knowing that it's so difficult for people to get these things that they, like absolute bare necessities. Like we're not even talking about like a customized wheelchair, but we're talking about people who can't take their children to the park. There's right. no mode of transportation. They've gotten too big for them to carry. Well, it's just not fair. And, and it's not right. I... I can't believe some days, I'm sure you're the same. I can't believe some days that I pull it off. Like it's a working, like it's a thing. <laughs> we have thousands of active users that are making friends and, and it's working. And, I, and to answer your question in just a couple words, I cry. Hmm. But I'm also a user of my own website. So I manage all of it, but then I'm in my personal email, I'm a user for Ava's equipment or anything like that. And I, it's been equally incredible to have conversations with people who reach out on uh, a particular item, let's call it like recently there was a stander. And I met this other mother who, I mean, this was a stander Ava used when she was three. She said to me, this is the exact one we need, but how incredible that I know you now. Mm that you can tell me anything you know from three to seven mm. that was my whole concept i just want like if you have a crocodile walker that i need chances are you and i have a lot more in common than just that walker and to bring mm. us together in so many ways and just simplify the process like who needs all of this difficulty with insurance and all it's so much stress when really together we can solve our own issues and not only that we can help each other out along the way and when it works when i get the voicemails i'm pointing at my phone right now that always makes me cry 
when I get these voicemails and the letters and info at Little Winds, I, I don't think people know that it's me that reads them, but yeah. it's their personal stories and how impactful that piece of equipment was for them. And like you, I only told myself I have to help at least one other person. Right. It's, it's a huge responsibility that I promise that I'm going to rise to the occasion. It can be deeply humbling sometimes <laughs> to, to know that not only is it working now, but people need this and they know. So it's my job to always make sure they get what they need. Yeah, and, and to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like, you know, you set out to connect people to this need that they had for something physical, you know, a piece of equipment, right? And now it's grown into so much more where it's a community, you know, like you said, like all of these users who are active on your platform, where, like you said, there, there's so much more that you guys have in common than just, you know, trying to find a piece of equipment. It's about finding community and to connecting with individuals who, you know, have gone through or are going through or about to go through a, a similar experience to what you're going through. And I think what you're doing, which is so impactful, is to connect with parents, with caretakers, whether they be grandparents, aunts, uncles, siblings, whatever it might be, to give them a space where they can connect and find resources with other families to ask questions, you know? And I think that that's a big, a big piece for us as parents, you know, of children with disabilities is just to be able to find a community to ask questions to to know that we have this support system out there because not every parent is like you you know not every parent is type a i'm just going to go out and get it done some parents it can be overwhelming and they don't know what questions to ask and they and the insurance piece of it seems just so big and 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 it can feel like like this impossible mountain to climb but i think with what you're doing and hopefully with what we're doing with the capables and so many other great organizations out there. I love that there are these resources for families to be able to get connected, especially those that like, it feels like a lot to, to see other people who've gone through and be like, Oh, okay, we're, we can do this. And I think it makes them a better parent, you know, mm -hmm. because now they raise their child every day with strength. They They're raise their child the every day. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole concept of little ones. It's, it's like it actually an old school village mentality. You have this, I have this. You know, mm -hmm. maybe mine is in knowledge and yours is in equipment. Let's trade. Like, let's, we join forces. Mm. And that it's just an old, it's what we, it's how we survive, actually. It's how we've survived always is, is when we help each other out and we trade what we have. And, and yeah. that's so important and what's funny about what not funny haha but you know what i mean like what's what's so ironic about what you just said is that we have a forum page on facebook for little ones and i have posted many personal questions on it where i'm like you know one recently was like a bed rail it's been getting increasingly more difficult to get ava out of bed and i just want to make sure that i have the right equipment or, um, you know, that I'm making it so that she can be independent and I only assist her, you know, mm. a little bit because she, right. she wants that. And I posted that in our forum and I was so delighted by how many responses I got. It was like, boom, boom, boom. And really helpful equipment. I had not actually heard of, and I'm, I've 
research equipment like other people watch mm. Netflix, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's, that's right. what I do. Um, so yeah, it's for me, I'm also a member of Little Wins. I'm not just a person who created a thing. I created it for me too, you know? Yeah. And that's why- That's amazing. That's why we have this podcast and everybody knows I'm not, you know, formally trained in interview style. It's literally just a conversation to, for anyone out there who, who needs to hear this and your story is important and not just your experience writing a book, but as a father and, and what you did with your situation is so inspiring. Mm -hmm. The book itself is important for everyone that's multifaceted and I get the honor and the pleasure to meet with people like you and all these mm. other individuals that were all part of this team trying to move together with inclusion. And I want to make sure everybody hears your story and mm. why, because that, even if you don't have a child with a disability can be extremely inspiring too. So yeah, I mean, we all have our journey, right? We all have challenges. That's, that's one thing that we share in common in, in life is that we all encounter something difficult, something new, something we've never navigated before. Some navigate it more, some navigate it less. That's, there's no way to determine that. But I think one thing we all share in common, and, and honestly, I think that's what the last year of, of life has really made everyone aware of is that like, we are truly all in this together. There can be things that impact all of us. And there can be things that impact some of us in bigger ways than others, you know? And so for me, when I think about being open about our story, not just with, you know, what we've navigated with Emerson and her, her disability, but even before she was here, you know, to, to struggle for three years to, to even get pregnant, you know, and, and then discovering what the reason was behind that, you know, infertility issues specifically with me, you know, that was something I never even fathomed being a thing for me because I'm, I'm so active. I'm a healthy person. I've taken care of myself, but, but frankly, it was nothing that had ever been talked about. You know, there was no like course in health class in high school where they talked about female and male factor fertility issues. It wasn't a conversation I ever had with my parents because why would we have that conversation? But then when it became a reality for us and, and our lives, I've become a huge advocate for fertility awareness, specifically in, in men, because I think historically, you know, it's, it's been viewed as this thing like, oh, your, your, your wife can't give you an heir. You know, your wife can't give you a child. When it's like, you look at the statistics and it's 50-50. Yeah. Fertility issues are 50-50. And I think men just across the board, we, we talk a little bit less about our feelings or thing challenges that we're going through. And a lot of it comes through pride. Now, I do think I would like that to is shifting as well. Shift that. Yes, that's important. Yeah. I have a son and you and I talked about this. It's really important to me. He is my most sensitive child. It's beautiful. He feels feelings on such like a, on so many levels at every single moment and he'll express them. I will deeply protect that forever, forever and forever. It's so important that they know how to express their feelings. Cause what, what's been done to, I mean, this will be our next series, but like uh -huh. what you guys go through, I mean, and, and I understand what you're saying because when I was, you know, getting pregnant all the times that you're with other couples at that same moment in their life. And they're talking about fertility issues and, and whatever, if, 
it were on the male side, it was almost like, you know, they felt like their masculinity was attacked or whatever. This is science people. And I really mm -hmm. think we need to update the way that we're educating our kids, not just in health, right? In these, this is important mm -hmm. information. It shouldn't only yeah. be on us to create awareness on the individuals to make sure that other people understand so they don't have to go through the pain and the heartache and the stress that you did because you have the information. Yeah. But that's a, that yeah. goes for like accounting and taxes. That goes for buying and selling homes. We need to update our, our curriculum here, people, because we're not, we're not helping anybody out. But you mentioned your experience, you know, with, with the pregnancy. And I was wondering if you were open to sharing any more. I'll share mine if you want to share yours. Like any more background on that? Yeah. I mean, you know, as I mentioned, we tried unsuccessfully for almost three years to, to get pregnant and, you know, we were getting into our, you know, mid thirties and didn't want to just keep sort of spinning our wheels. So, you know, my, I was out of town for work, uh, for a few months working in Milwaukee, uh, producing a show and my wife went and, you know, got some fertility testing done and everything came back totally fine. Uh, and then when I got back, I went and got tested. Um, and then there was like this issue with the results coming in and we left the country for like two weeks and they wouldn't send us the results while we were outside of the country. So for two weeks, you know, we were in, you know, Scotland and England having a fantastic time seeing, you know, the Highlands and all these beautiful things, but in the back of my mind and at the forefront of my mind, the entire time was what's going on, you know, yeah, you're what, just what are the to answers? You're trying to chill. Yeah. yeah. And then we got back and that's when I spoke with the doctor and, you know, he let me know that there were male factor fertility issues. And it was like, he started using all these words, these terms that I'd never heard before in my life when it pertains to, and you know, if you got kids in the car, maybe give them earmuffs, I don't know. But like, you know, the motility of sperm and the morphology and the shapes of the sperm heads and all these sorts of things that they tested for that I never even knew was, was a thing. And, okay. and furthermore, if, if he had thrown those words at me, I wouldn't have known what he meant unless he explained them to me. And you're and, lucky and, to have a doctor who explained it to you because sometimes yeah. they just send you an email with all of those terms on it and you're left to Dr. Google, which will send you shaking in a corner. So, well, that's where you that have doctor. to empower yourself. You have to ask questions. You know, I think, and this pertains to anything, whether it's your children or your own personal health, it's not, it's not a doctor's fault that they're not always providing all the information, I don't think. Because, and I think about this with Emerson, is that every time we would go see her surgeon uh, or, or when we see her pediatrician, we see our daughter every single day. We think about her 24-7. She she's a patient that means something to that doctor, but that doctor's not thinking about that child the way that you are as a parent. So it's incumbent upon us to pay attention to take notes, to be ready to ask those questions when we're in the room. And for me, you know, my profession is to ask questions. As a reality TV producer, I'm, I'm constantly asking questions to get the story, to understand how people are feeling. So- Wait, is that what you did in your former life? I didn't know that. You didn't know I was a reality TV producer? I mean, I still am. I've been producing TV shows for 12 years. Oh my God. You didn't know that about me? 
Well, I was, it's one of my many questions I wrote down to ask. I really wanted to know like your previous lifetime, but anyways, this is important stuff. So we'll save that for our next We could, we could save that piece for later. It's not nearly as interesting. <laughs> yes, because how you like, you go from doing that to this is, is fascinating. Anyways, I always ask to your point, this is something I've said so many times in actually all my kids' doctor's appointments. They'll say, you know, anything from something serious about, maybe an x-ray of Ava's limbs and, you know, something that will take a year off a parent's life when you mm. hear the words to when I took my youngest in and it turned out it was like hand, foot and mouth grody, but they just tell you, we need an x-ray of her hips. Bye. And, or she has hand, foot and mouth. I have another patient in the next room. And I would always say to them, if you could just give me a moment, I'm certain you've, given this information to hundreds of thousands of parents over the course of your career. Like you've repeated yourself so many times, but this is the first time I've ever heard this. Right. So if you could just start at the beginning and tell me anything I need to know, if, was, if you could just, before you leave, I understand. I can see from their perspective. It's like how mm -hmm. I feel so many times during the day where I'm just like, we've been over this a million times. But maybe it's that parent, it's their first time hearing that. Mm -hmm. And, and well, if you advocate for yourself and you ask for that time, do it. Well, that's the thing is that it, it is our job, I believe, it's our responsibility to advocate for our children. Always. And we advocate by asking questions. And that's something that we've been committed to from from the moment uh, we heard, you know, found out that Emerson was going to be born with a limb difference, it was questions, questions, questions. But that's not waiting, I don't believe, till the moment you're in the room to ask the questions. It's when you know you have an appointment coming up in a week or three weeks or whatever it might be, starting to write down those questions. And because and, I know that not every person, again, navigates this like you have or like I have some people it can feel like a lot and I think that's where communities like what Little Winds is doing and what we're aiming to do through the capables where you can potentially reach out to individuals where you don't even you don't even know what questions to ask that's part of our mission with the capables long term is not just to do books but to create a community online where parents can connect with other parents where parents can potentially connect with medical professionals and individuals living with those disabilities can lead conversations as it relates to it where if you're a parent where this is all new to you and you're 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 pregnant or your significant other is pregnant and you've just gotten this news and you're going to go to this big meeting with a specialist or whatever like i would love to be able to provide a, a one sheet of like here's 10 questions to be prepared to ask when you go in. So that way, when you walk into the room, it takes the pressure off of it. But well, I think what's important- So we have to remember, because I grew up in a totally different, um, you know, what, what would we call it? Like, we were poor is what we would call it. And okay. we're not afforded the time it takes to do these sorts of things. So mm -hmm. what I always felt, it was my responsibility because I was afforded the opportunity to be with the girls, especially when they were little and make sure Ava got that care and on that schedule and get our team going. And that I was able to do that. Not everybody is, and they want to. So it was my, even furthermore, my responsibility when given that opportunity to try to make it easier for somebody else, because people 
you know, they're working multiple jobs and they want the best for their children, but they don't have time to sit on hold for 45 minutes with the insurance company. No, they don't have time to write it down because maybe they have multiple children. They just got home from work and they're like, oh, they're doing the best they can. So what we can do if we have the ability to do so is provide that for the people who want to, but they cannot. And that's important right there. I agree a hundred percent because it makes it feel one that you're not alone, but two, that it's not an impossible mountain to climb, um, that, that you can do this. And I think that's clearly part of, you know, a huge part of your mission and part of our mission with the capables is to, to encourage parents. You know, I think, you know, I meant to mention this earlier when we were talking about sort of the style and the way that we presented the book and, and the imagery and the text is that, you know, I look at, like what Pixar has done with their movies, you know, over the last, what, 25 plus years, they, they, they strike this perfect balance of keeping kids entertained and engaged while pulling on the heartstrings and making parents think and the adults story. who are watching the films. Yes. And I think that's a big part of what my objective is with the capables is one, two, present something that kids, you, know, you look at Ray, you just can't take your eyes off of her. Like there's just something about her where she just like sucks you in. And so oftentimes as parents, when we're sitting reading books, like our kids become disinterested. One, because their attention spans are so short because they're young and they just want to do this and that and they want to explore. But I was like, if I can, if we can create imagery that keeps kids engaged for longer, then inevitably it's going to get their parents engaged longer and the, and the parents are going to read more of the story and those words are going to impact their lives in the way, whether it's empowering them or educating them. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge part of our mission is that I know that for the vast majority of kids who will be exposed to this book, you're going to have kids, you know, age one through maybe four who aren't reading on their own yet, or even up to five. And the parent is sitting there reading the book with them. This is just, as much to impact adults as it is to impact children. Integrate it, integrate it into your book regimen. I mean, I, you know what you should do actually, because you know what, I, one mm. of the things I loved about that whole stay at home situation, because I always try to find the, you know, <laughs> the bright side. The silver lining, yeah. yeah. I'm always looking for it. Was that a lot of celebrities started doing um, on like book reading like nighttime stories and, and reading yeah. for a lot of parents who work late or, you know, just, just to put it out there. And while I can read to my kids, it's my favorite time of day. Not everybody can, not everybody can do that. And I really appreciated that. Maybe you should, can you do that and post it on YouTube or have you done it? Well, myself reading the book. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's on our sort of like, we've got a, an ongoing list of content that we want to put out to the world. I wanted yeah. to hold on reading the entire book until after the book was officially released. Cause I didn't want to spoil anything. Cause the Kickstarter backers got their books first. And Wait, then now okay. we're starting. I was going to read my favorite page. And then I was like, that, did you see when you could, I, you could please read, read your favorite page. page. I don't, I don't want to. Well, that was a hard choice, but what's I, your favorite page? I'll read it to you. Okay. Okay. Oh, great idea. Okay. Um, like I love the acknowledgement page where my company name is mentioned. No. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm kidding. I, I mean, I did my parents and my my parents and my children thought I was a celebrity because of this. Like my mom, oh, because I signed it to you. Yeah. The, uh, my parents were like, "Wow, that's incredible." And my kids were like, "You're famous." Ha. 
That's um, awesome. Okay, so it's a combination. Of for, for the home listeners, we are currently flipping through the pages of Ray's first day. If you wanted to see what we were flipping through, you could just go to our website, oh, yeah. thecapables.com and order a copy or even Amazon. Or it'll also be on YouTube, but definitely Amazon. Uh, yes. Okay, so it was a hard choice for me. I really love where it picks up here, where the story kind uh, okay. of transitions. Do you know what I mean? It yeah, gets, when they're it, arriving at school. The real moment and and the way you tee it up here is well for me so relatable I, maybe mm. not for other people but i was like yeah i've had these conversations they're totally this makes perfect sense to me and then that moment here and then what i really love since i didn't want everyone to not know what i'm talking about for too okay. long is this page oh yeah that's our sort of like flashback internal monologue spotlight moment but how and exactly how you said earlier in this conversation how you just like boom here's the information and then we move on but that's why it's my favorite is because the way that you did it was just here are the facts folks and this is what it means to me and this is what it means to her and this yeah. is and this is how we move forward but you nailed that, um, that and i know it's wordy like that that moment in the book there's a lot of text on those two pages and it's the most text heavy portion of our book. But you know, the beauty of that is, is that if, if a family is going through and maybe reading this book for the third, fourth, seventh, 10th time, like they know the story at that point, if that feels like a little lengthy, they could still skip that and the story still makes sense. But for me, I wanted it to be in, in print as to like one to acknowledge Ray and her, and her fear, but also that her fear didn't have anything to do with what people thought her fear was because Ray, any child, yeah, like there is going to be a certain, any kid is going to sort of navigate their first day of school differently. But for Ray, her fear in that moment had nothing to do with like her limb difference because she's, she's lived with it for five years. She's encountered kids at the park. She's in, encountered kids at daycare. My favorite page because it, because that changes the perspective and the vantage point for the reader. And, and that's why I say this book is important for, for not just children with disabilities or individuals with disabilities. This is an important book for everyone because it gives mm. you that, that perspective of like the first time anyone comes into any social interaction, their fear is not that, right? right. But for my well, Also, you, frankly, you just don't know. I think that's what's important is that, you know, we see quotes on this online all the time about like, you have no idea what someone's journey is. You don't know what happened to them that morning. You don't know what happened to them the week before or 10 years prior to that, that they're, that they're navigating that day with. And, you, and we make a lot of assumptions in life about what someone is thinking, what someone is feeling, which a lot of times is just a reflection of how we would feel if we uh, had just navigated or were navigating life the way that they did. And, and the truth right. of the matter is that's so incredibly improper to project our own fears as to how we would be if, if, our, if that was our life. Well, and that's um, why we at the park, we know enough to say this is a reflection of like your fears, not of us, like your inability to communicate, your fears of communicating with your child or, or telling them about whatever, or the fact that maybe you haven't gotten around to it. But but it isn't a reflection of, of us. We're just here swinging at the park. And, and I think that's, that's also important. But this. Oh, yeah. I love that moment. I mean, this, and look at her this, face. This is my favorite. Yeah. I know. Um, 
So, but it tees it up perfectly. Maybe just read that page and we'll leave suspense to the- Do you want me to just read the page with Ray or the, or the page the uh, one with before? You, like the whole, yeah. Oh, that the exchange. Conversation um, is important. Okay. Yeah, so it says, um, I don't know if you want me to hold this up, <clears throat> but it says, uh, mommy, daddy, I, I don't want to do this. What have we always said? Ray thought to herself confidently, I am smart, I am strong, I am capable, I am a warrior. But as she looked around the bus and classroom, her heart began to race. I am different. Yes, and what else? Some people will look at me differently and that's okay. We're all different and it's our individual differences and experiences that make our world super. And that's, and honestly that, that exchange, this whole, like if you went back and looked at the first draft of my manuscript, heck the, the 10th draft of my manuscript, that scene played very differently. Um, and it wasn't until Nicole Kelly and I, we, we would speak for hours, you know, on FaceTime, on phone calls, over text. And that exchange is specifically, we were talking and she said something and I responded to her and I said, Nicole, I think that's it. Yeah. I think that is the exchange that happens in that because I was trying to figure out what was the proper language to use that was inclusive, but also accessible for the widest audience possible. And empowering um, and yeah. reachable straight to the hearts of not just children, but adults. And that's why you make me cry. That's why it gets me a little bit teary because it's so relatable, but also just so beautifully done. It, it really, I'm a huge fan. And oh, I think one thing that's important to point out about that moment um, is that it's Ray delivering yes. that, that message. Exactly. Because how, you know, and this, again, this speaks to not just conversations I had with Nicole, but Ryan Haddad, who's a very dear friend of mine, a member of our advisory board. He's an incredible writer, actor, and he is living with cerebral palsy like your daughter. And I met with him when I was in the middle of writing the book. Before This was a, almost a year before I even formed the advisory board. And, and you know, he told me, because he's a good friend, he said, I love what you're doing, but I just want to give you some notes as, as a friend and as an individual living with a disability. He said, just okay. promise me then whenever there's these sort of like aha impactful moments in your story where someone's saying something that those lines not be delivered by a non-disabled person he said because do you have any idea how many times in my life i've heard everybody walks differently he said that's really easy to say when you're not the person who walks differently he said having an individual with a difference, with a disability, being the one to deliver those empowering lines, it adds so much more depth to who they are as a person. And it shifts this unhealthy narrative that has existed for so long in our society where these empowering messages about like, hey, it's all good, we're all different. Like, Well, you called it inspiration all- porn. And that yeah. I, I just learned of that recently and I was like, ew, gross. But I also don't have time enough on social media but i've seen what you're talking about but you're ryan i don't want to is it ryan hadid Haddad. Haddad. i just Haddad, yeah. i want to get the names right always so he's so spot on with my experience with ava she's by far um the wittiest person i've ever met she's said some things at really critical moments in our life 
span together that she just is like, it, it blows my mind. I'm going to give you two really quick. So we were walking through a shop in, in Michigan um, on vacation years ago. She was probably four. So this is kind of an interesting concept for a four-year-old. She blew my mind. There were, it was um, like dream catchers and all this art and really cool, like a beachy shop, my favorite things, driftwood and, and stones and crystals and all that. And <laughs> I said to her, I'm looking at this picture. I was like, it's so beautiful. I'm going to cry. Like it was just, she loved it. My, her twin sister loved it. It was just this incredible mm. painting. And she said, well, don't cry because I don't have a tear catcher. And it, and like, it took me longer than her response. Oh, that's hysterical. She's, like, she's looking at dream catchers. She said, don't cry because I don't have a tear catcher. She's like, get it together, mom. But like, that's hysterical. Oh. Or how many moments we've been in, in doctor's offices and all these things where they just shuffle her around right and left and she's got jokes, man. She's, you gotta be That's just who she is. And you know? she is the hero in that page like this is the truth it's not put the put this person in the hero role this is my truth i've seen that mm. my daughter the, there's been the other one i was going to tell you someone came to fit her for new equipment we had never seen him before and luckily fortunately they came during a whole time when no one was coming over but i couldn't take her equipment anywhere else mm. they came to my house he's never been here before Obviously, it was the end of the day. He was probably tired and cranky. It was Friday at five. He just wanted to go home. But he just blew in through my front door, had my daughter's limbs out, like, you know, fitting her for this thing. And, mm -hmm. and he was kind, but just like, he wasn't kind. He was, it was fine. She then sits down after he's taking all the measurements. He leaves and she's drumming her fingers on the counter. And she says to me, who is that guy? He was kind of rude, right? But that was last year. Like, that's such a sharp... It was so funny to see her. She's got a great personality. That's just who she is. That's who Ava is, you know? And we want them to know that, and that's what you're doing, is we want the people to understand the hero isn't always, or the one who brings everything to light, or has that, you know, wit that makes a moment amazing. It, they're not always going to look like whatever it is that that you think they would look like well, well, humans we we all look differently we, you know, all, we all look different and we all navigate the world differently and i think it's just about placing individuals who historically have not been seen in those really like empowering roles and seen as like like equally. the hero in the story is and exactly exactly it's like yeah. anybody can be a hero anybody it's just equally, we're not asking for like everything to be highlighted and put on blast. We're just asking for like, let's, let's highlight everyone equally. That's all. And she's not a superhero because she's disabled. Like, that's something that is like, we were so adamant about throughout the story. And, and a big part of why I wanted to self-publish the book is not to say that a major publisher would have you know, required us to change things that were important to us, be it language or, or illustrations, but at least I knew if I self-published it, then I wouldn't even have to worry about that. I could work with an advisory board and we could make the text and the imagery exactly what it needed to be to be the most authentic. Um, and that's something that, that we're committed to 
long-term, you know, with the capables is to continue to do that um, because that's the way that it, that it should be. So. And that's what I was just going to say. So your book release, is that, am I saying that right? Launch? What are we doing? I don't know. Sometimes I say launch. Sometimes I say release. I mean, like launch feels like on brand for us because part of our logo has this super moon in it, which you see at the end of um, the first book and you start to start to understand, oh, that's why they have a moon behind their just tell me, okay, man. I was like, I said launch earlier, so I was gonna switch it up just for funsies. I don't even know what's okay. I mean, I think if you <laughs> like, I'm launching a book, but the official release date is Tuesday, March 30th. Yeah, you March know, like, 30th. That's what I was say. That's yeah. one week from today, and I'm, I know. I'm so excited for people to read this really important story, and and I'm not trying to rush you, but I do think, and I hope soon we can expect another book in this series. That's the plan. Yeah, I already know. I have, you know, four other capables mapped out, you know, what the disabilities are, differences that we'll be representing, um, what their superpowers are, how they use them in the framework of sort of a, you know, a, a villain or like a problem that people are trying to solve. Because as you, you know, read in the first book, the villain is not a person. It's not like a, an evil, like, you know, person who's trying to like blow up the school or whatever. It's the villain is that it's one, it's, it's first day of school. And that's something that kids are afraid of, but further it's a rainy day and the kids are potentially faced with having indoor recess. And if you're a kid from Southern California, like me, like the last thing you want, at least for me growing up, I was like indoor recess was like the, I've already sat in class for three hours. Like I need to get outside, you know? And so because Ray can harness the power of the sun, like she's faced with this conflict of, do I, use my superpower, which I've never revealed to anyone before, the thing they've never seen that's different about me, or do I keep it to myself and we have recess inside? And, um, you know, so like, I'm excited about more books, more disabilities that we can represent, uh, more capables that we can highlight. I know who the next book will be for sure. That's been decided for a while. Um, yeah, we're just at this point. I mean, I, I think if you read the book, that we've, we've hidden enough Easter eggs in the text and in the imagery to sort of suggest who the next capable might be. And there may even be other capables in the class as well or at their school. Um, and just I was have just to, gonna say, are they in the class? Hello, I think, I think I'm in step with you now. You yeah, I mean, there's one that I've had, that's what's been really fun is like, People have been, you know, whether they're friends, family, texting me, calling me, but even people I don't know who will email the capables and be like, can you please tell us who the next capable is going to be? Or they'll, you know, DM us on Instagram and, and they'll say, please, we, we need to know, like, is so-and-so the next capable? And, and I don't want to spoil anything, um, you know, but I, I give them little hints. I think we've, we've given a healthy amount of hints within the text to sort of suggest where this might be going. And I think when we do the second book, it's going to reveal this other not so obvious Easter egg that's in there that I think people are going to start looking for it and they're going to go, Oh, that, I think that person is the next capable. Yeah. Um, and that's, and I, that's I one thing I've sort of kept to myself that I won't, that I won't reveal um, unless we get like, you know, a big book deal or this becomes an animated series, then it'll become pretty clear pretty quickly. And, you know, if it becomes um, an animated series, you have to see the Llama Llama episodes that, if that's on Netflix, right? I'll send it to you later, but, but it's important. I was thrilled to see this. Do you remember when we were kids? And I don't know how old you are, but whatever. Um, 
there were a lot more shows that had, you know, children in wheelchairs and whatever. And then there was this huge gap in time. And then Llama Llama had this, I'll send it to you later. If I would love for this to be an animated series. Yes to that. And we'll see. I mean, I, I can't say too much, but I've been in, in so dialogue with a big children's animation company that I got connected to about a year and a half ago. On that same trip to New York, when I was talking to my buddy Ryan about the capables, I, you know, the universe is funny the way it works. And I ended up meeting someone who introduced me to someone else, who introduced me to someone else. And this big animation studio reached out to me. And so they have the book now. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to come of it, but I know there's an interest in seeing what this could potentially look like as an animated series. But again, you know, as I said earlier, and I'll, I'll constantly reiterate, if this becomes an animated series, incredible. I will accept it with open arms. And I think it would be awesome to expand these stories to the world. But if it doesn't, I'm good. Like at the end of the day, I have this book. And my daughter and I get thing. to read it together. And yeah. now I get, you know, what's even like equally cool is everybody who posts like photos or videos of them and their kids reading the book. I show every one of them to Emerson, my daughter. And she loses her mind. Like she gets the biggest smile on her face. Like our editor actually shot a video of her almost four-year-old daughter ripping the tissue paper off her book because she's been obsessed with Ray and the Capables since our editor would print out the pages. And she would, it's funny story is our, our editor one night went looking for the pages. She couldn't find them in her office. And she found that her daughter had taken all of them and hidden them under her bed no. because she and she told her mom, she goes, mommy, this is, this is my favorite book that's ever. And I need to know more about Ray. And so like her daughter has just been such a huge fan of us. And so she recorded this video of her daughter ripping open the tissue paper and she just loses her mind. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, my daughter has watched that video probably 15 times now. And she just has the biggest smile on her face and she'll walk around because the little girl says yippee when she sees it. it's like my daughter just walks around she goes yippee yippee she just she it's loves it so and awesome it's so awesome my kids when i went to find the book actually prior to this call i i didn't know whose room it was in oh. so I, I had to look through everyone's bookshelves because it's been shuffling around all my kids love this book and i'm not just saying mm. i think you know me well enough to say yeah. i would say that if i didn't mean it i I'm so excited. I've made some notes for our next, um, for our Part next two. episode. We're going to yeah. talk about your TV producer <laughs> past that led you to be children's book um, author. And I feel like that's going to be an interesting one. And also yeah. sperm situations is the note that I wrote. Sperm situations. We're going to oh, pick up where we left off. Fun alliteration. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, I was making quick notes so I could listen. And your next book. Oh, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to discuss. I'm happy to do a whole conversation about uh, fertility issues and IVF yes. treatment and what that looks like. Me too, and because I had experience with that. Me too. I, um, when I didn't get pregnant in the first like year, um, everyone was like, well, there's gotta be something wrong with you. And, but I had, uh, I did all the testing and everything seemed to be fine. So I mm. would, you get that stamp on your paperwork that says um, unspecified infertility. It's like a boom mm. where you just sort of this like. What am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. But you know what? I'm, you know, we're going to, we're going to pick this up at a later date. I just yeah. congratulate you. 
Oh, thank you. Flash release. And that this, you did this. You, it took a village of <laughs> a, a lot of people and thank you for yeah. naming all of them because I know what it feels like. You have to give gratitude to your team mm. and in that, I love that you did that, but you made a thing and you fulfilled the promise and mm. this is incredible. And oh, thank you. I'm really happy for you. And I'm so grateful to have the book and, and to, to know you. So, um, I will yeah. follow up because I have a medical family oriented platform, a woman that founded an app for, I feel like going off of what you mentioned about, you know, what you would like to do in the future. I feel like yeah. enforces because it's, kind of yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I think just, you know, I would encourage any men who might be out there look, listening to this and who are, you know, you might feel alone or you might be having issues and you're thinking about going and getting tested, just do it. Even if you, you mm -hmm. haven't thought about getting tested, but you know you want to be a, a parent at some point in your life, these tests, I, I think it was $125, $150 for me to go to a clinic. You know, It wasn't covered by insurance, but I went and I paid it and I got the information. And frankly, I wish that I had done that much sooner because I've known I wanted to be a, a dad for such a long time that I wish I would have had that information earlier because you know, IVF treatment, any fertility treatment is not... A cheap endeavor. It's not so yeah. yeah. So if it's something it's not covered by insurance, I think it's only covered in Massachusetts currently in the US. So um, I would encourage you if you want to be a parent, just go empower yourself with the information. Your mm -hmm. test results might come back and you're totally fine. Great. Or you might discover that there's some issues and maybe you can make dietary changes or at least know that like you no. may need to use fertility services at some point. So prepare yourself mentally, emotionally, financially for that. And if you have questions, if it's something you want to talk about, my DMs are always open on Instagram to, to chat about these things. Cause I think it's something that you know, historically hasn't been discussed. And, and I know that a lot of people don't want to talk about it publicly. So if you want to keep it private, I'm happy to, to have the conversation, but just know that if you are going through that and you're having issues, you're not alone and there's nothing wrong with you. You didn't do anything wrong. Um, but you know, there are, we live in this beautiful time where modern medicine exists mm -hmm. and it's not impossible for you to become a parent. So anyway, I'll get yeah, off my, my soapbox now. Thank you. Someone out there, many people out there needed to hear that, especially from you. So thank you for mm -hmm. that. Honestly, this is so important because people do feel alone and it does become overwhelming. I wish I had someone say that to me years ago when I had that stamp on my paper. Mm. Thank you for doing that. Thank oh, you for this gift pleasure. to my children's life and many. And um, best of luck with your launch slash release. Thank you. It's coming. I'm, I'm excited. We're, we're supposed to appear on Fox here in LA tomorrow, which is crazy. So like this wave of momentum is building and I'm, I'm really I'm just very encouraged and I'm grateful for people like you who have, you know, helped to, to amplify what we're doing and to share our story and, you know, any way I can help you out in the future and anyone in your community that I can help out or be a resource for, please don't hesitate. You can find me on Instagram at Danny Jordan or find us at the capables on, on any social media platform and always happy to connect and, and chat. And I'm looking forward to the next time you and I get to, to chat. We have a lot of work to do together. So this is just, let's do it. Bye for now. Until next yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. I'm in. You know I'm in. You know I'm in. So just let We're me know gonna... where and when and I'll be there. Same. Thank you so much. My pleasure. All right. Can we put like a piece on? Yeah. <laughs> what should we do? 
I don't know. I just thank I, you. I, I good night. Say, Hi. Later. I don't know. I don't know how you wrap up a podcast. I don't even know how you introduce a podcast. We do it maybe you just stop talking and then. No, I feel like this is the best way. I love the podcast where it's awkward like this. And then all of a sudden they're just like, bye, you know, because yeah. nobody relates to that. Anyways, you do a peace sign and I'll do this. All, all right. right. For all the people who are listening at home, here's my peace sign. <laughs> and then you go, thank you and good night. Anyways, right. thank you for your time, my friend. My pleasure. One week from today. It's happening. It's on. All right. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. Are we done? We're done.